When patients need to interact with you, are you giving them the best experience? Nice CX1 is a proven customer experience platform with patient engagement solutions that make it easy for patients to schedule their own appointments, pay bills, refill prescriptions, and more. Simplify administrative systems with a solution that integrates seamlessly with your electronic health record system to manage all voice and digital patient interactions all in one place. Learn more at nice.com slash healthcare. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Lara Click, Vice President and Patient Experience Officer at Tampa General Hospital. Lara, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm so pleased to be asked to be able to come and join you today. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited for our conversation because I know Tampa General is just one of those health systems that really is on the cutting edge of many different um, initiatives in healthcare and patient care and in technology. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about the patient experience as well. But before we dive into the broader discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? I'd be happy to talk a little bit about my background. I'm a vice president here at Tampa General Hospital. Um, I am responsible for ensuring that we don't just take care of the body, we take care of the soul. So my scope is over all of the areas that address the patient experience, patient and family voice within the organization, um, anything related to our patient relations function, and then our spiritual health and education team. Uh, My background in the field, I've been doing this for over 25 years. So I was in the patient experience field pre-HCAPS and pre-standards of participation. So I've had the pleasure of being able to mature in my career in parallel to the national changes that have occurred related to enhancing the patient experience work that we do. Uh, I always tell people that I used to really think I knew what I was doing. I was a director at a large academic medical center in the Northeast. And then I had a child who has a chronic medical condition and very quickly moved from being a professional in the field to being a zealot about patient and family engagement and ensuring patient-centeredness. So it's really, um, for me, a pleasure to be able to combine my professional knowledge base along with my passion for caring for others in a way that puts the patient at the center of everything we do. And that's amazing to hear. And certainly, you know, such an important aspect of the care journey. As you were talking through all this, I can imagine so many different folks at home really listening to this and thinking about their own personal healthcare journeys and in the healthcare space and working professionally. And then all of a sudden, you know, having to go through as a patient or a family member really makes a big difference in how you think about and approach care afterwards. Absolutely. And when I talk about being a zealot, one of the things that really drives me is that recognition that um, when my son became ill, when he was uh, an infant, that even with all of my knowledge and all of my connections, how difficult it was to navigate the patient journey. And I recognize that if it was that difficult for me, how unbearable it must be for people who don't have the knowledge, expertise, and connections that I do. And I've taken great pride in kind of keeping that at the center of what I do in terms of being able to affect many, many lives by improving the processes that lead to an enhanced patient experience. Absolutely. That's, you know, great to hear. And from that perspective, I would love if you could talk through a little bit about the strategy of of patient experience from Tampa General. What is that strategy and how do you identify opportunities for growth and development in the future? Absolutely. So we see this as the science of service. 
And um, very often people will reference soft skills. And, and that just means that they're having some difficulty in truly defining the behaviors and the science behind what we do. And really what it is, is recognizing what are the core elements of behavior, things that you can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can touch, that lead to an increase in the bond of trust that we have with our patients and families. Patients and families go to healthcare environments to get great care. Um, I always tell when I do my trainings, nobody goes to a healthcare encounter saying, well, I think they may help me medically, but they're really nice. Uh, the medical expectation is at the baseline of everything we do. We have to give great medical care. What patient experience looks at is what is the science of how do we take that great care and amplify it into great caring care? And so it is, in terms of the Tampa general strategy, we know the core elements of success associated with creating a world-class comforting environment for our patients and families. And so my role in my strategy is helping our team members to recognize what they can do from a very concrete perspective to ensure that our communication is performed in a way that is giving all of the elements that the patient and family needs, that we're communicating with one another about those patients' needs in a way that involves them in their own care. And how do our leaders really reinforce this work on an ongoing basis? And so that's why we call it the science of service, is that it really is very uh, planned, it is very deliberate, everything that we do, and it's all measurable because you have to ensure that you're measuring your success to be able to amplify that success. So that's really kind of what we do in the patient experience world. As an organization, we also have a slightly different approach to the way that we handle all of our improvement. And that is that we start with our team. We believe firmly that if we take amazing care of our team members, it creates an environment where they can do what they come here to do, which is to take great care of the patients. People that go into healthcare do go into healthcare because they love taking care of others. And so if we create the environment, the atmosphere, have the tools and equipment that that individual needs to allow them to perform at their best, that is the number one that we drive that science of service and create that world-class patient experience. I love it. And especially when you're talking through something that's measurable and, and you know, obviously patient experience is something that you feel within uh, yourself, but then bringing that into how can you make sure that you're making progress and the changes that you have made within the system um, really are impacting the patient well. And, you know, I was wondering, could you tell me a little bit about the most impactful change that you've made to the patient experience in the last year or so? What did you do and what were the results? Sure, so we, I'll go back to measurements. So we actually brought in a, a tool that we use with our team that allows us to capture real-time measurement of those core behaviors I mentioned earlier. So we have our leadership team that is rounding throughout the organization within our main hospital. Our leaders see every patient every day. And during that exchange, they are using a high, very reliable, we use high reliability here pretty intensely. So it's a highly reliable process of asking the patients and families 
how we've done on our other core behaviors, which is to involve the patient and the family member in transitions of care. Some people call it bedside shift report, but really it's all transitions of care and making sure the patient and family are part of that. And then secondarily, are we proactively meeting the needs of the patient? We know what patients need in each of the care environments. So that leader is going in and ensuring that we have been very deliberate and intentional and making sure that that patient has their personal needs met, that they are comfortable, whether it's through pain or their physical positioning in the bed, whether they have all of the things that they need closer to them. And that rounding is something that we, we, again, we measure and we monitor that. But most importantly, we use that leader rounding not from a punitive perspective, but as a way to recognize our team when they do a great job and then redirect them should we need to if they're missing key elements in their interactions. And so in the last year, really the most important thing we've done is hardwired those techniques throughout the organization. Um, and the reason that's been so important is because so many of our team members like yours and like those around the hospital are relatively new to healthcare. So we're really seeing this as a way to advance their development as uh, a really excellent clinician. And so giving that real-time recognition or coaching is the true element of success that we've focused on in the last year. And it's absolutely beginning to show. We, our team member engagement scores, we had 90% participation rate in our team member engagement survey, which is kind of unheard of. Um, and we actually, in this, ver this time where most organizations are seeing decreases in their team member engagement, we're seeing increases because of that leader, that frontline leader to team member collaboration and coaching that we're doing. That's amazing to hear and certainly very inspiring to think through, you know, how you take a workforce of a lot of new folks jumping into healthcare and then really getting them engaged, um, excited and passionate about what they do. And, and I can imagine that really improves the experience for patients as well. A hundred percent. And remember, many of our team members have come up through the healthcare journey during a time where their clinical practical experience was done in a sim lab. So our newer nurses especially have not been exposed to some of the realities that occur within that healthcare setting. Um, so we also are looking at that. So since they learned in sim atmospheres often for their clinicals, how do we support them through some of the firsts of caregiving that can be inspirational, but it also can be devastating? So the first time that you have a family member who perhaps is not as kind as we would expect in our normal lives, how do we help that person talk through that process? The first time we have a situation where um, a patient who's confused, perhaps they throw something at you. You know, that's a devastating event for someone who's never been exposed to that. So we've put a lot of energy and effort in providing that resiliency work for our team members. We're actually developing a program in consort with our partners at the University of South Florida to do a research project on establishing a firsts program with a peer-to-peer -peer, um, support system for the first time you have a patient death, the first time you're in the room when a physician delivers a devastating diagnosis. Because we're all human beings, and if we don't recognize the impact on us and the impact especially on these newer nurses that have not been exposed to these experiences with a, a trainer 
then we are going to see um, increased burnout. We're going to see uh, distancing from that patient and family. And so we see that as a great investment and on behalf of the organization. And from a patient experience uh, perspective, we're leveraging the positive stories, the great catches, the events that occurred that resulted in someone going home and being with their grandchildren who didn't expect to survive that event. And so we really significantly amplify that work as well. That's amazing to hear and definitely so, so important. Now, how do you see the patient experience evolving? What will be the differentiator for Tampa General in the future? So I think a couple things, continuing to lean into that concept of team member first and really concentrating on creating the environment for our team members to succeed in getting out of their way. So over the next five years, we're going to have a lot of concentration of effort on resiliency and on bringing the, the team members at the bedside, the team members at the front uh, registration desk, bringing their feedback to us on how we can do better. So that's something that we're absolutely going to be concentrating on. Secondary to that, you know, the world has changed a lot in the last several years. I mentioned that I've been doing this over 25 years. Um, there are some really significant changes in the patient population. One is that we have um, by far an angrier society than I've ever seen it in my career. And so how do we really lean in proactively to create a bond of trust with our patients and families um, as early in the healthcare exchange as possible? I always talk about trust bonds and the importance of trust. And sometimes people talk about service recovery and I always say service recovery is for a restaurant. Service recovery is for a hotel. In healthcare, when something goes wrong, we're talking about trust recovery because the basis of our interactions with the public is about their trust in us. So we need to lean into that concept of trust recovery even harder over the next year to try to regain our great relationships with our community. Secondary to that, we also have to look at doing that in a unique and, and an outside the box way. So as our patient population, the demographics of that population changes. So for example, now I am um, very much a primary spokesperson for my parents. Well, I grew up in a time where I learned how to type on a selectric typewriter, but I can text with the best of them because I have young children. And so how do we create an environment where we move from our traditional communication technology to being able to get real-time communication patterns with our patients, families, and their support people? So how are we leveraging that technology? And as things change and I become the, the generation that becomes the patient, my children aren't going to talk to someone on the phone. They probably won't even send an email. So how do we incorporate text technology, real-time um, chatbots into our work to give people that right now answer that they need? So I think that that's where patient experience departments around the country are going to be concentrating over the next several years. That's fascinating to think about. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely. I'm happy to talk anytime. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched My BHC. 
It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Thank you.